This is John W. Whitehead, author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People, bringing you a message about the state of our nation. With what we are seeing coming down around us at this time, we must remember one thing. We still have choices. Just because we're fighting an unseen enemy in the form of a virus doesn't mean we have to relinquish every shred of our humanity, our common sense, our freedoms to the nanny state that thinks it can do a better job of keeping us safe. Whatever we give up willingly now, whether it's basic human decency, the ability to manage our private affairs, the right to have a say in how the government navigates this crisis, or the few rights we still have left to us that haven't been disemboweled in recent years by a power-hungry police state, we won't get back so easily once this crisis is passed. The government never cedes power willingly. That's a real lesson of history. But neither should we. Every day brings a drastic new set of restrictions by government bodies. Most have been delivered by way of executive orders at the local, state, and federal level that are eager to flex their muscles for the so-called good of the populace. This is where we run the risk of this whole fly-by-night operation completely off the rails. It's one thing to attempt an experiment in social distancing in order to flatten the curve of this virus because we can't afford to risk overwhelming the hospitals and exposing the most vulnerable in the nation to unavoidable loss of life scenarios. However, there's a fine line between strongly worded suggestions for citizens to voluntarily stay at home and strong-armed house arrest with penalties in place for noncompliance. More than three-quarters of all Americans have now been ordered to stay at home, and that number is growing as more states fall in line. Schools have canceled physical classes, many for the remainder of the academic year. Many of the states have banned gatherings of more than 10 people. At least three states, Nevada, North Carolina, and Pennsylvania, have ordered non-essential businesses to close. In Washington, D.C., residents face 90 days in jail and a $5,000 fine if they leave their homes during the so-called virus outbreak. Residents of Maryland, Hawaii, and Washington State also risk severe penalties of up to one year in prison and a $5,000 fine for violating the stay-at-home orders. Violators in Alaska could face jail time and up to $25,000 in fines. Kentucky residents are prohibited from traveling outside the state, with a few exceptions. New York City, the epicenter of the COVID-19 outbreak in America, is offering its Rikers Island prisoners $6 an hour to help dig mass graves. New Jersey's governor canceled gatherings of any number, including parties, weddings, and religious ceremonies, and warned that the restrictions could continue for weeks or months. One city actually threatened to prosecute residents who spread so-called false information about the virus. Oregon banned all non-essential social and recreational gatherings regardless of size. Rhode Island has given police the go-ahead to pull over anyone with New York license plates to record their contact information and order them to self-quarantine for 14 days. 
South Carolina, police have been empowered to break up any public gatherings of more than three people. Of course, there are exceptions to all these stay-at-home orders in more than 30 states and counting, the longest of which runs until June 10th. Essential workers, doctors, firefighters, police, and grocery store workers can go to work. Everyone else will have to fit themselves into a variety of exceptions in order to leave their homes. For example, grocery runs, doctor visits to get exercise, to visit a family member, and so on. Throughout the country, more than 14,000 so-called citizen soldiers of the National Guard have been mobilized to support the states and the federal government in their fight against the virus. Thus far, we have not breached the Constitution's crisis point. Martial law has yet to be overtly imposed, although an argument could be made to the contrary given the militarized nature of the American police state. It's just a matter of time before all hell breaks loose. If this is not the defining point at which we cross over into all-out totalitarian government, then it is at a minimum a test to see how easily we the people will surrender. Generally, the government has to show a compelling state interest before it can override certain critical rights such as free speech, free assembly, free press, against search and seizure that are unreasonable, and so on. Most of the time, however, it lacks that compelling state interest, but it still manages to violate those rights, setting itself up for legal battles further down the road. These lockdown measures on the right of the people to peacefully assemble, to travel, to engage in commerce, and other rights, unquestionably restrict fundamental constitutional rights, which might pass muster for a short period of time, but can it be sustained for longer stretches legally? That's the challenge before us, of course. If these days and weeks potentially stretch into month-long quarantine, at the moment, the government believes it has a compelling interest, albeit a temporary one, in restricting gatherings, assemblies, and movement in public in order to minimize the spread of this virus. The key point is this, however. While we may tolerate these restrictions on our liberties in the short term, we should never fail to be on guard lest these one-time constraints become a slippery slope to a total lockdown mindset. What we must guard against more than ever before is the tendency to become so accustomed to our prison walls, these lockdowns, authoritarian dictates, and police state tactics justified as necessary for national security, that we allow the government to keep having its way in all things without any civic resistance or objections being raised by us, we the people. Most of all, don't be naive. The government will use this crisis to expand its powers far beyond the reach of the Constitution. That's how it starts. Travel too far down that slippery slope, and there will be no turning back. As I make clear in my book, Battlefield America, The War on the American People, if you wait to speak out, stand up, and resist until the government's lockdown powers impact your freedoms personally, it will probably be too late. What would be far worse, however, is handing over your freedoms voluntarily without even a semblance of protest to a government that cares little or nothing about your freedoms or your lives. The Rutherford Institute is doing its part to push back against the police state and make the government play by the rules of the Constitution. But we can't fight these battles alone. To join the resistance, visit our website at www.rutherford.org and check out our library of thought-provoking commentaries, legal resources, and so much more. Subscribe to our email alerts and I will send you my weekly commentary, 
Rutherford press alerts, and a weekly rundown of pertinent headlines and news articles to keep you apprised of the growing threats to our freedoms. And finally, if you are able, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Rutherford Institute by again visiting us online at www.rutherford.org or donate using PayPal. Your donation allows the Rutherford Institute to push back against the government's power grabs, corruption, and ongoing assaults on the Constitution. Together, we can make America free again.